I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Age of Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a long weekend of having some fun ourselves. It is time for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Dude, partying like rock stars this weekend. Yes, sir. Hanging well, out with pirates. Hanging out with some bloody pirates. Yes, sir. It was fun. Uh, we hope you all had a great weekend and had a great Memorial Day weekend. Of course, uh, it was a uh, Memorial Day weekend is for those for uh, for the veterans who lost their lives protecting our freedoms, and we thank them as always, um, and even our current veterans who are out there still protecting us and everything else. So very much so, yes. Uh, and uh, I think it was pretty cool. We got to pay homage and do a uh, TikTok video for the veterans, mm-hmm. and. Um, Thank you to Sean Mike sixty nine. That was pretty sweet. Yes, sir. And Jack Kruger seventeen oh one. Love you both. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great weekend. We appreciate you. Yes, we appreciate the whole weekend. It was fantastic. It was amazing, dude. Yeah. So much fun. So much, just just family fun. It was good times. Yes, sir. So let's get into this, dude. What do you say? Some NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And some football talk. What's up? That's right. Back to the pit skin and shake and bake. Shake and bake and big skin. How you doing? All right. We're going to start off with the results from this past weekend's race, the Coca-Cola 600. Let's do it. Finishing first was Kyle Larson, the number five Chevrolet. Uh, in second place was Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevrolet. Kyle Busch finished third in the uh, 18 Toyota. William Byron finished twenty uh, finished fourth at the, at the 24 Chevy. Alex Bowman was fifth in the forty-eight Chevrolet. Austin Dillon was third. Um, it was sorry, six in the number three Chevy. <laughs> My bad. Danny Hamlin was seventh in the number eleven Toyota. Chris Boucher was uh, eighth in the seventeen Ford. 
Tyler Reddick finished ninth in the number eight Chevy. And Kevin Harvick finished out the top ten in the number four Ford. So the NASCAR step, step, cup standings, as they currently are sitting, based off wins right now. Martin Truex Jr. leads at the number one position in his number 19 Toyota. Kyle Larson moved up to second place with this victory in the number five Chevy. Alex Bowman is also in third place in the 48 Chevy. William Byron's fourth in the 24 Chevy. Joey Logano is fifth in the 22 Ford. Chase Elliott is sixth in the number nine Chevy. Ryan Blaney is seventh in the number 12 Ford. Kyle Busch is number eight in the number 18 Toyota. Brad Keselowski in the number two Ford is number nine. Michael McDowell um, in the number 34 Ford is 10th. Christopher Bell in the number 20 Toyota is 11th. Danny Hamlin, the um, top-rated points leader, but does not have yet to have a win, which is why he's not up towards the top of this point standing, is uh, 12th in the number 11 Toyota. Kevin Harvick is 13th in the number 4 Ford. Chris Boucher is 14th in the number 17 Ford. Tyler Reddick is 15th in the number 8 Chevy. And Austin Dillon rounds up the top 16 in the number 3 Chevy. So, little notes from this weekend's race. Let's get it, brother. Kyle Larson became the third multi-winner of the Cup season so far this past Sunday, winning the longest race on the schedule, the Coca-Cola 600, in Charlotte, North Carolina. The race victory was also Hendrick's 269th team win, which is the most in NASCAR history. That put the race team past uh, Petty Enterprises for the all-time wins lead. Larson led uh, 327 of the 400 laps, only Chase Elliott and William Bryan led laps other than Larson. This, of course, helps Denny Hamlin as we inch ever closer to the 16-driver playoff. Hamlin, though, does have 12 official races left before the playoff starts. So, Cooper, your thoughts on Kyle Larson becoming the third multi-time winner. Hendrick's uh, 269th team win. And, of course, uh, Denny Hamlin holding on to his playoff hopes and dreams. Man, Larson, dude... Uh... 327 laps leading? Yes. That's pretty good, dude. That's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they broke a record, too, as far as, what was it, altogether wins or whatever? Yeah, for Hendrick's race team. That, that is pretty cool, dude. And, uh, you know, Hamlin, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. He's still hanging on by a thread, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, like I said, there's only 12 late, uh Regular races that count towards the uh, playoff. Um, we have the uh, all. We have two All Star race events: the qualifying race for the All Star weekend, and then of course All Star weekend itself. So there's technically 14 races left before the playoffs start. But like I said, two of those races revolved around the All Star. Come on, dude, we're rooting for you. Get a win on this. Come yeah. On, so man. he's got 12 races to at least get. W- one win with only five spots remaining. So <laughs> spots are going to start drying up possibly soon on him. Yeah. Uh, so he better become the uh, 12th winner real soon. So that way he guarantees his spot into the playoff. Uh, Kyle Larson, though, man, that kind of dominance, uh, especially yeah. the 400 lap, 600 mile race, the, you know, like I said, it's the longest race of the NASCAR schedule, is just absolutely um, astonishing, man. It's a great win for them. Um, for him and that team, uh, Hendricks. I mean, think, think about, you know, the stamina that dude had to have, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to stay awake. You got to, right. you know, you got to keep your body somewhat 
<laughs> moving somehow, but right. you know, I mean that that's pretty freaking awesome, dude. It is. It's a great um, victory, and then of course, uh, Petty Enterprises uh, being passed by Hendricks. Of course, Tom, as we all know, Richard Petty has the most wins um, for the Penny Enterprise um, race team, so that's why they haven't really pushed further out than uh, the 268 they have as a as a team. So, um, and it was weird because. This was another dominant race because Elliot, like we said, finished second, which put Hendricks at 1-2 again. And um, if it wasn't for Kyle Busch, it would have been a possibly another sweep of the top four for the Hendricks team because <laughs> Busch was the only thing that separated all four drivers. Yeah, man, they, they, they're driving good this year. So. Yeah, Hendricks is looking for possibly like a possible championship contender with uh, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott really dominating races. As of late. Um, next up, we're going to talk about... I know this isn't technically right now football NASCAR talk, but it's fans in general, um, and it's been happening on the basketball, so... in the basketball world, so we're kind of going ahead and just getting done now because it's already been happening too much that we can't really ignore it. Fan behavior at games. Uh, we've had so many in- instances. Uh, Russell Westbrook got popcorn dumped on him. Kyle... Um, Kyle... Um, Kyrie Irving had a water bottle thrown on him in the last game in Boston. And then uh, not only that, um, we had um, a player, what was it? Trey Young got spit on by a fan in New York. And um, I guess also John Morant's family got was called racial slurs in Utah. So fans, we got to stop being, just because you pay for a ticket, doesn't give you a right to mistreat people at the game. Yes, you can boo. Yes, you can jeer. Yes, you can hold signs. But then they actually be, think you can partake in the event itself that you're attending by making your presence known by physical assault. Whether you want to say it's truly assault or not, just because you threw a water bottle or dump popcorn is neither here nor there. That's just wrong on every level. Uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, you don't do shit like that. And even in pro wrestling, you'd be, you, you'd be respectful about it. Unless you're a part of whatever's going on there. Mm-hmm. But as far as the way the fans have been uh, acting towards these players, man, they they better quit because, you know, they, they could push and say, hey, we don't want to play in front of you no more. We don't want to play in front of fans. Right. And I mean, point, heck, we've already had, we've, we're already doing the COVID thing. Yeah, so. they got used to not playing in front of us, so wouldn't be surprised if they try to figure out a way. Uh, and right now, I mean, basketball is about the only sport. You're right there. You're literally right there at courtside at times. Yeah. Depending, you know, how fortunate you are to get courtside seating. So you're right there. You can get interaction with the players easily. So... They will, I'm sure, will look at it because all these also, remember, most of these arenas are also capable of setting up, like, what because they are used to being dually used as a hockey ring. I wouldn't be surprised if they have to freaking go that route and just start putting up all the um, glass wall stuff around the basketball court. Either that or they make it well known that uh, if you put your hands on a player... Or if you throw something at a player, or if you do any type of criminal activity like that, that there will be presses or charges pressed against you. Yeah. 
Because you are there to spectate. You're not there to get involved. You're not there to put your hands on anyone. Right. So So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't start seeing some. Of course, the the 21-year-old kid in Boston um, who threw the water baller, Kyrie, actually got um, removed from the arena in handcuffs. Yeah. So And possibly is facing jail time. So, but I honestly think that's going to be the route it goes, or I wouldn't be surprised if these owners um, or the indus- the uh, people who run the arenas are can, um, told by the NBA to start putting up the hockey barrier that they run for hockey in those arenas. Unfortunately, because we got a bunch of idiots out there in this world nowadays that mm-hmm. just uh, feel entitled and can do whatever they please. And yeah. That's that's not good in the sport world. It's not. So, um, so fans that I'm, please be mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you do have some inalienable rights when it comes to getting tickets and going to these events, but it stops become when you start becoming crossing a path between fanatic and criminal offensive. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, you can't do shit like that. So absolutely. All right, moving on, we're going to go to some little NFL talk. Let's do it. We are officially on Julio Jones and Aaron Rodgers' trade watch. Both players will save their team some money against the Caps with trades starting today, June 1st. The team can split the dead cap money over two years, which would help the team's cap situations. The Falcons are more than likely to trade Julio Jones since Julio Jones has requested a trade and has gone public about leaving. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, may or may not be traded. Rodgers has made it known that he is dissatisfied with the situation in Green Bay, but has been vague on the situation when speaking publicly in the media. It will be interesting to see who goes first and where. Cooper, your thoughts on both Julio and Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man, if they want out of there, they want out of their respective teams, they want to go somewhere else, let them go. Um, There's no point in keeping a guy there that doesn't want to be there. All right. I mean, it's it's not good for team morale. It's not good for any of that. Yes. So, uh, as far as Julio Jones goes, he's going to talk. He's, he's Julio Jones. Yeah. As far as Aaron Rodgers, I understand it. Um, kind of trying to stay out of the media with it because it has... You could do more harm to your trade... Than anything by talking any kind of crap about a team that has brought you up from day one. Right. So um, I think he does that out of respect for himself and respect for the Packers and you know the Cheeseheads, yeah. Cheesehead Nation. Right. So yeah, um, I don't see. I don't really don't see either team, either player um, staying with either team. Um, whether whether Rodgers is traded or retired this season will be the actual true question with that one. Um, obviously, p- team president, um, um, his last name's Murphy. So, anyways, team president Murphy said he's not going to fire GM Brian Gutenkust, who is the reason that for this whole situation, it sounds like. Um, and he's doubled down on that. And he's also doubled down recently that he doesn't plan on trading Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Of course, everything can change in that aspect. It could. There needs to be a committee or some sort of something that if a player is really that unhappy, they can go to the higher-ups and be like, hey, I want out of here. I don't care what they want. I want out. 
Well, the other problem is, is in Green Bay situation, they don't have an ownership group. Their ownership group is technically a board of members plus fans. Yeah. Well, you can't really get the fans to trade you because they have no power in that aspect. They're only getting a max. I, I can't remember what the max amount of shares you could and, get and, last and time. Fa- and fans and are freaking they're, wishy-washy. They're wishy-washy, and they want what they want. <laughs> yep. And, and if I was a Green Bay fan, I wouldn't want Aaron so, Rodgers to go either. So, so he he can't like he can't take a he doesn't have a chain of command beyond team, the team president Murphy. Whereas Julio's made it abundantly clear all the way up to all obviously probably all the way up to team owner Arthur Blank that he wants out of Atlanta. Atlanta seems pretty confident or pretty willing to move on from him. Um, yeah, so. this is a sticky situation with Aaron Rodgers, dude. But I really honestly think that this is a bad move on Green Bay's part mm-hmm. by doing this to him. Yeah. It's, he, he doesn't want to be there. Let him go. Do not force the man to retire when he was just the MVP last year. Right. The same right, dude. It's not. It's, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it was reported at first, though, with Julio Jones' situation that the team wanted a first-round pick in next year's draft. But it was reported by Adam Schefter, I believe, Saturday. Either Saturday or Sunday. Don't quote me on the exact day, but you can look it up. It's Adam Schefter's report that the team is now willing to take a second-round pick in next year's draft for Julio. So, giving my team still some hope to get Julio. (laughs) Come on, Rams! Let's do it! Right. I'd love that. Or the Steelers, you know. Steelers could use another good receiver. They could use a good number one receiver. Oh, yes. Especially... You know, since Ben's got a new alarm now. Just saying. Anyways, we're going to move on and finish up our draft grades. Let's do it. Starting out in the AFC West. The division winner, the Kansas City Chiefs, are up first. Kuiper Jr. gave them a B. McShay a B. Parr a B. For an average of a B. Their um, first pick came in the second round was Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. They picked up a, uh, probably the top-rated center, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. Uh, let's see here. And Noah Gray, tight end in the fifth round. Give a shout-out to a college basketball school. That's heavily basketball over, <laughs> you know, yeah, football. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Chiefs' grades and draft? I mean, it sounds about right. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even get to pick till second round. So, you know, uh, and the fact that they got Creed Humphrey. That's really going to help protect Mahomes. Yep. We've seen he needed that in the uh, Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always good. Uh, and I've noticed one thing about the Chiefs. They, they've become more of a uh, more of a defensive play team. So, you know, this is going to help them out, too. So. Yeah, it definitely will help them out. Uh, what was I going to say? Well, they, they didn't have a first-rounder this year because they did trade it to Baltimore to get Orlando Brown an offensive tackle. So basically, if you want to look at it, they got often, uh, Orlando a veteran in Orlando Brown for the first-round pick and then got a really good linebacker, Nick Bolton, and, a, and the top-rated uh, center in, in the draft in Creed Humphrey in round two. Yeah, so they're set up. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yes, sir. All right. The Vegas Raiders. Kuiper surprisingly gave him a B minus. Uh, McShay gave him a C minus. And Parr gave him a C for an average of a C. 
Uh, a lot of people scratching their heads with that first pick. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Bama, who a lot of people had going second day, possibly even in the third round. And then the um, second day, though, they picked up in the second round Trevon uh, Morig, uh, safety out of TCU. A lot of people actually believe if you would just flip those two for the Raiders draft, that actually makes their draft a lot more, a lot better, actually. So, a lot more relevant. Yeah, a lot more sensible in most yeah. cases. Um, the kind of odd thing, though, is you do see two more safeties after Morig. In uh, Devine Diablo, safety from Vautech, and Tyree Gillipsy, safety from Missouri on this list. Uh, makes you wonder if one of them might drop down as a linebacker or even as a coverage corner um, in this uh, training camp. So, And then, of course, we're also going to give a shout-out to Malcolm um, Koontz, outside linebacker from Buffalo. Little school, Buffalo. Yes. Gotta give love to Buffalo. Yeah, so. man. Um I don't really know where the Raiders were going with this. Um, uh, no one does. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't so think they know I, what they're doing. I really can't, really can't say too much other than uh, what the hell. Yeah, it's like what the hell. <laughs> That's all we're at. We're just what, what the, the hell? hell. All right, man. So we're gonna move on to the Chargers because we're just what the hell over here. Alright, uh, Kuiper gave him an A, McShay an A, Parr an A- minus for an average of an A. They picked up offensive tackle Rashawn Slater with a 13th overall pick. Uh, in the second round, they got Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from FSU. Uh, a good wide receiver in Josh Palmer in the third round, along with Trey McKitty, tight end out of Georgia. We're going to give Chris Rump some love, outside linebacker from Duke, because you know it's Duke, so it's small basketball school that's playing some football. So there you go. Your thoughts on the Chargers? Yeah, man. I mean, they they got an offensive tackle, which protects protects their franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Protects Herbert. We gotta love and, that. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Not bad, brother. Not bad. So, I mean, and then they got Josh Palmer, which is a good receiver pickup. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, yeah, I agree with this. And they, yeah. And then uh, you got, uh, tr- like I said, Trey McKitty, tight end out of Georgia. Helps replace Hunter Henry. And you're not going to replace him, replace him, because Hunter Henry no, is a pretty Hunter good Henry's, talent. Yeah. Is a good talent um, when he's healthy. Unfortunately, he's been dealing with injuries. Hopefully, he stops having to worry about that so much. And then he'll step up. Well, of course, if he does, he's helping the Patriots. So. Uh, but I never want a player to have to have their career defined by injury, so. No, no. I'd rather him have a healthy rest of his career and help New England out as best he can than be always injured. Because so. you, you and I both know we, we love Gronk no matter what. Even when Gronk was with New England, Gronk is just, yeah, he's awesome. He'd be the only reason why I would have ever got a Patriots jersey. All right. Okay, since my Drew Bledsoe jersey, but that was before they were cheaters. <laughs> just saying. Anyways, moving on to the Denver Broncos. Let's do it. All right. Kuiper gave him a B. McShay a B minus. Par a B plus. Averaged him out to a B. So we had Patrick Sertain, the saddest person I've ever seen get drafted, ninth overall, <laughs> cornerback out of Alabama. They picked up Javante Williams, a running back from North Carolina, which was a great pickup. Uh, Quinn um, Miners, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce that correctly, but it is for now, I guess. From Wisconsin Whitewater, so a small school shout-out. And, uh, yeah, that's the only small school shout-out, so there you go. 
Your thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, they, they got Patrick Sertan. What can, what can you say about that? I mean, I know he was unhappy, but I know Broncos fans probably like, yeah, baby. Right. Of course, uh, Patrick Sertan may not be with the team very long if uh, they have their way and happen to trade him to get Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, because they're one of the teams that are trying to get him. But look how defensive heavy they went. They got corner, corner, linebacker, safety, safety, corner, defensive end, defensive end, and only two offensive guys, Devontae Williams and wide receiver Seth Williams. Interesting little uh, way they went about their picking. Definitely interesting, dude. All right, next. Let's move on to the NFC West. Let's do it. Can we bypass my team when we get to that point? Excuse you. Rude. Sorry. The dog decided he has to be a part of everything. So first up. He's probably letting me know he's going to go to the bathroom. Of course, he could be letting his mother know that. But, you know. Seahawks. First pick was in the second round. Of course, they also got a B minus, a C plus, and a B minus average out for a B minus. Here we go. Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from Western Michigan. In the fourth round, they picked up Trey Brown, defensive back, Oklahoma. And in the sixth round, Stone, four sides, offensive tackle, Florida. And that's it. That's your draft right there, Seattle. Three picks. There you go, right? Two full six. Who do we appreciate? And the fact that they got a B minus, that's not too bad, dude. Especially only getting three picks. Yeah, I was... I don't even know what they really wanted a receiver for because they got really good receivers, and they're also in on the Julio Jones um, possible trading. Uh, so I was a little surprised they went receiver at that point. So I'm not sure what's going on there, honestly, but we'll see what happens with the team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's what you get. So we were able to cover theirs because it's only three picks. So we'll move on to my team. What? My team. The what? The Rams. The Rams? It should say F, F, The F. Rams? It should say F, 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 but it doesn't. It says, Kuiper gave him a B plus, McShay a C plus, and Felice a C. Average to a B minus. Uh, I just, I don't know. The reason why Big Man has such a problem with this is this wide receiver. 2-2 Atwell. Is, uh, from Louisville. He's five foot nothing and 45 pounds. Yeah. Basically. He is tiny. Yes, he he's smaller than me, dude. It's kind of weird. He's five, like five seven, and what was it, a buck twenty eight? I think his weight was official weight was. I I don't I don't I don't get it. When we had Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey on the board still, yeah, and we didn't take either one of them, and both go to Kansas City, yeah, killing me, Smalls. Yeah, and you know. um... At best, he'll probably be a good returnman. Uh, and everybody was freaking out about this. Like, oh, such a good pickup. And I'm like, are you serious? Yes, let's get a... This is the same... This is Tavon Austin all over again, but smaller. Yes. That's all it is. We're rehashing out Tavon Austin, but smaller. And in the second round, instead of the first round. Yep. That's all that is. Anyways, uh... Picked up Ernest Brown, Ernest, sorry, Ernest Jones in the third round, linebacker, South Carolina. Uh, picked up Robert Rochelle, corner from Central Arkansas, small school shout out. Jacob Harris, who is actually a wide receiver, but it's going to transition over to tight end. 
from Central Florida, so smile school shout out for him. And then, of course, Chris Garrett, outside linebacker, Concordia, St. Paul. It's another small school shout-out. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of like, again, what the hell? Yeah, I'm just sitting there going, what the hell? How do you do this to me? What the hell? Killing me, Smalls. Killing me. All right, Arizona. B-minus from Kuiper. B from McShay. C-plus from Feliz for a B-minus overall. They took Zavin Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. Rondell Moore, wide receiver Purdue from in the second round. Uh, Marco Wilson in the fourth round from Florida. Victor uh, Demujike or Demujike or Demukeji, outside linebacker from Duke. Basketball school, football school shout out. Tay Gowen or Gowen, uh, cornerback Central Florida. Kujo, will you quit? <laughs> Golly! Central Florida, James Wiggins, safety from Cincinnati. Basketball school, also more of a... Yeah, basketball school, mid football school. So, shout out to those guys. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the Cardinals? I mean, yeah, man. That's yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. That's it? Linebacker, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised when it was Zavin Collins. I mean, a good pickup. I'm not saying it's a bad pickup whatsoever. It was a good pickup. I was just surprised. I just didn't think that was one of their priority needs. But, I mean, good for them to pick Rondell up. Rondell Moore, they needed a wide receiver, so there you go. Of course, they can also be on, on freaking Julio. I, mean, I think pretty much all 31 NFL teams are on Julio. You're, right you're dumb if you're not on Julio Jones. That's... Especially if all you have to do is give up a second rounder. Yeah. So I'm giving up three right now in my head with the Rams. <laughs> give me Julio. Make it work. All right, and finally, the San Francisco 49ers. Kuiper gave him a B minus, McShay a B, Felice a B plus for an average of B. They picked Trey Lance first overall, or not the first overall, third overall with their first pick. For a quarterback from North Dakota State, Aaron Banks, offensive guard, North Dakota State. So they went North Dakota State, North Dakota State, two picks in a row. Uh, Jalen Moore, offensive tackle, Western Michigan, small school shout out. And Didi Lenore, defensive back from Oregon. Oregon shout out, baby. That's how we do it. Oh, and also, sorry. Uh, Eli Mitchell, running back, Louisiana Lafayette. Also a small school shout out. So, so this is just like the Jack, where the first two picks were from the same school? Yeah, just not in the same round. Yeah. That's the only difference. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they got themselves a pretty good running back in Trey Sermon from Ohio State. So that's also another pretty decent pick for them. Uh, which is just making me really not looking forward to this coming season because I'm just like, ooh, and the hell do we stop in our own division? Especially when you got 2 2 Atwell. Really? That's basically useless. It's killing me, Smalls. They're killing me. Well, I mean, it, it's about right for their, their B average, man. They did pretty well here. So. Oh, yeah, the Niners. Everybody else in the division had a pretty good. Even the Seahawks had a. Really, yeah, even the good. Seahawks had a good, and they only had three picks. Yeah, and my, I had my team had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. We had nine picks, and we took two two Atwell. Jeez. Though a lot of people are pointing out that uh, Bobby Brown, the third the defensive tackle from Texas A and M, has a really good opportunity to step in for Michael Brockers, who I don't know why we had to trade to Detroit. I don't know why we couldn't have had him as a trade with golf, so that way we could have kept one of our first-round picks. But no, 
that just had to be a separate trade and cost us dearly. Again, he wouldn't re restructure his contract. Are still on the Rams? Yes. Like I swear, you are like a homer. Uh, yeah. Duh. Bad, dude. Sorry? Give me, give me a Florida team that's actually worth their salt, and I might actually start being a homer for them. Oh! Don't even get me started with Tampa. I will smack you. <laughs> oh, you know Tampa. Oh, bite me, snooping your cheater and quarterback. <laughs> Anyways, so... That's it for me. You got anything, Dad? No, I'm good to go, brother. All right. It's been fun, dude. It was. It was nice to get back on it. Episode 101 in the books. Episode 101. How you doing, baby? That's right. We thank you again, Age of Radio, for taking us on. Uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate every one of you for doing so. Uh, we'll be back Thursday with Worldwide Sports Talk, baby. We got stuff to talk about. Worldwide. Oh. <laughs> Worldwide Wrestling. No, <laughs> just kidding. We're already taking care of that part on Saturdays. Right. <laughs> Though the way things might be ha happening over there in AEW, we might have to move to a second day. Yeah. It's looking crazy. Anyways, so there's that. And then, uh, of course, speaking of Saturday Wrestling Talk, that will be, of course, this coming Saturday. And we bring you Baseball Basketball Talk this Sunday as we got more playoff stuff to talk about in the Lakers' possible doom. So that might be interesting, man. It will be. And that does it for us and Cujo. Yes. Uh, my <laughs> dog is very impatient. He busted into the Cooper Big Man studio. Yep. And uh, he needs to go to the bathroom. So, so I guess we better get off here. Yeah, so we're signing off on that note. <laughs> Anyways, that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, big man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.